Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, World Wrestling Federation Superstars WrestleMania The Album from 1993. You Spin Me Round parentheses, like a record, is a single by the British band Dead or Alive, released in November 1984. It would peak at number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100 and hit number 1 in the UK. It was the first UK number 1 hit for the English production trio of Mike Stock, Matt Aitken, and Pete Waterman, known together simply as Stock, Aitken, Waterman. Pete Waterman had worked as an A&R man and producer, and in 1984, after starting his own company, Pete Waterman Limited, he quickly signed producers Matt Aitken and Mike Stock. The three started working together, first producing some minor UK hits like Hazel Dean's Whatever I Do and Divine's You Think You're a Man, before landing their number one with You Spin Me Round. In 1986, the production trio was approached by the girl group Bananarama, the girls wanted to do a cover of Shocking Blue's 1969 number one hit, Venus. They wanted to turn it into a dance song. And this high-energy arrangement would take the song to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart on September 6th. Hey, that's my birthday. 1986. It would also hit number one in Australia, Finland, New Zealand, Switzerland, and South Africa. This success led Stock, Aitken, Waterman to work with Bananarama on some of their biggest hits. They were also co-writing a lot of these songs, and over time, they started writing songs without the artists. Their usual process became writing the songs, then recording the music using lots of drum machines, synthesizers, and sequencers, and eventually bringing in a singer to record the vocals. And this process worked remarkably well for a 1987 worldwide hit. Never Gonna Give You Up was the debut single from English singer Rick Astley. It went to number one in 25 countries and was the best-selling single of 1987 in the UK. They would hit number one again with Rick Astley the following year on the track Together Forever. And not long after, they would have another worldwide hit with Kylie Minogue's cover of The Locomotion. Kylie Minogue's first 13 singles hit the top 10 in the UK, all produced by Stock Aitken Waterman. The last of their UK number one hits would be Minogue's 1990 cover of Tears on My Pillow. The hits would continue, but no others would reach the top of the charts. By 1991, Matt Aitken would leave the production team due to stress. 
Stock and Waterman would carry on without him. So now, let's completely change gears, fast forwarding to 1992. The World Wrestling Federation held its annual SummerSlam pay-per-view at London's Wembley Stadium on August 29, 1992. After years of being massively popular, the WWF was starting to see a decline in popularity in the United States. But in the UK, business was booming. SummerSlam 92 was originally to be held at the Capitol Center in Landover, Maryland, but because of the circumstances, they moved the event to Wembley. It was the first WWF pay-per-view to be held outside of the United States and had one of their biggest live audiences of all time, with reportedly over 80,000 people in attendance. Now compare all of this to WrestleMania 9, which was held on April 4, 1993 at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. WrestleMania is considered to be the company's biggest annual event, and WrestleMania 9's attendance was reportedly just under 17,000 people. By no means a small crowd, but compared to 80,000 in the UK just eight months prior, perhaps the company felt they needed to focus more on their UK audience. And a way to do this could be working with Stock and Waterman. The WWF had already released two albums at the height of their popularity in the mid-80s with the Wrestling Album and the Wrestling Album 2, Piledriver, both of which I've covered on the show in the past. So, the company decided to try another album. The others had been more rock and roll-based albums working with producers like Rick Derringer, but this time, they opted for the UK high-energy dance sounds of Stock and Waterman. So in 1993, World Wrestling Federation superstars WrestleMania the Album was released on RCA Records. <laughs> the album starts off very confusingly. On WrestleMania the Album, on a song called WrestleMania, the first thing you hear is a voice asking if you're ready for the Survivor Series another WWF pay-per-view event. The song features background singers occasionally singing the lyrics Whoa, Whoa, WrestleMania, mixed with a handful of WWF superstars speaking. There's even a rap in the middle of the song, though the actual performer is a bit of a mystery. There are some credited backing vocalists on the record, more on them in a bit, so perhaps it's one of them, but there's also a credited special guest named Colin Case, but what exactly he does on the album is not listed, so... Perhaps he's the rapper? Anyway, this song would be used as the theme song for the next several WrestleMania pay-per-views. The song was even released as a single that went all the way to number 14 on the UK singles chart and was certified silver by the British phonographic industry, meaning it sold over 200,000 copies. Hey, ever since I was a little bitty boy, I wanted to do one thing and one thing only, and that's to be a law enforcement officer. Treat other people like you want to be treated. Try to walk a straight Remarkably, the next song, Summer Slam Jam, was also released as a single. In the UK, 
For some reason, the title was shortened to simply Slam Jam, and the single would go all the way to number four on the UK singles chart. It follows more or less the exact same formula as the opening track, complete with a mysterious rapper. You can also hear the voice of the British Bulldog here, a wrestler who, by the time this album was released, was no longer in the WWF and had moved to the rival promotion, World Championship Wrestling. another album where all of the singles are front-loaded. Track 3, called USA, is credited to WWF superstar Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and it was also released as a single, this one peaking only at number 71 on the UK singles chart. This song also has an additional songwriting credit for Dave Ford, who also produced this song. Ford would also mix the album, engineer several of its songs, and play some keyboards. The song also features a voice calling Hacksaw a powerful new force, despite the fact that Duggan had been with the company for about six years at this point, and within months, he was on his way out of the company. And you're lacing up your boots and you're kind of thinking, geez, this guy I'm wrestling today is going to be awful tough. I know he's over there in the dressing room, he's big, he's young, and he's strong, and he wants to make his name beat up old Hacksaw. So sometimes I do get a little apprehensive. But then right before I go through the curtain, I got the American flag over my shoulder. Speaking of wrestlers leaving the WWF, up next, it's the Nasty Boys doing the song Nasty Boys Stomp. The Nasty Boys were a tag team consisting of Brian Knobs and Jerry Sags. The same month that this album was released, the Nasty Boys had moved over to World Championship Wrestling. And this song is another Dave Ford-produced co-write, and it's a song that definitely seems like it shares some qualities with Janet Jackson's 1986 hit, Nasty. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now back to some more Stock and Waterman songs. Never Been a Right Time to Say Goodbye is a bit of a change of pace here. It's not so much about wrestling and being tough, but it's more of a relationship song. The song is performed by Brett Hitman Hart, 
and you can hear some of the background singers here. These seem to be singers regularly used by Stock and Waterman, as many of them have also been credited on Rick Astley and Kylie Minogue albums. All of these singers combined, Cleveland Watkiss, Lance Ellington, Leroy Osborne, Mae McKenna, and Miriam Stockley, have recorded or performed with the likes of Stevie Wonder, Roger Daltrey, Wham, Freddie Mercury, Joe Cocker, and Annie Lennox, just to name a handful. So I'd rather turn away, because things you're going to say will break her heart and make her cry. There's never been a right time to say goodbye. To say goodbye. Up next is The Man in Black. Well, you wonder why I always dress in black. Nope, not that one. The matching of the previous song with Bret Hart was an odd match, but it's a match made in heaven compared to this song. This song is credited to The Undertaker, a legendary wrestler also known as The Dead Man. When he comes out to the ring, this is his entrance music. But this is his track on the album. The most powerful entity in the World Wrestling Federation. Slam jam death. Past Bizarre album subject Macho Man Randy Savage is up next with a song called Speaking from the Heart. This is the only song on the album co-written and produced by Tony King and Asha. The tower of power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey, ooh yeah. Good deal. Normally I skip a few songs on this show, but this album is just so bizarre. And the fact that it's only 10 tracks, I'm going to go ahead and talk about each of them. And up next is another Dave Ford production and co-write, Tatanka, Native America. Tatanka was a relative newcomer in the WWF at the time. While many wrestlers sometimes take on personas nothing like themselves, Tatanka was legitimately a Native American from the Lumbee tribe of North Carolina. And the word Tatanka, which means buffalo, had entered the zeitgeist from the Kevin Costner film Dances with Wolves. Federation. 
We've got one more Dave Ford song. I'm Perfect, credited to Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect's real name was Kurt Hennig, and he also wrestled under that name sometimes. Like many of the wrestlers on this album, he would eventually move over to WCW, but not until 1997. And during this time, as part of a storyline, he recorded a song called Rap is Crap. I'm going to talk about Rap is Crap on this week's episode of Bizarre Singles, so if you want to hear that, make sure you're signed up to support the show over at patreon.com slash bizarre albums. Here's a bit of I'm Perfect. What you're looking at right here is Mr. Perfect. It doesn't get any better than this. Bottom line. The album closes with Hard Times, credited to the Big Boss Man. It was written by Stock and Waterman, but produced by Gary Miller. Gary Miller had also produced the Undertaker song from earlier. He also provided some guitar on the album. This song is a new arrangement of the song that was used as the Big Boss Man's entrance music. Just like a big boss man, I made a vow to protect and serve. My mom and daddy always told me, treat people the way you'd want to be treating yourself. If you ever take a trip down to Carroll County, Georgia... The UK version of this album included two bonus tracks, Slam Jam 12-inch, which was an extended remix of Summer Slam Jam, as well as a song called Cold Crush, credited to a wrestler known as Crush, real name Brian Adams, different Brian Adams. This Brian Adams' song contained an anti-drug message, and sadly, 14 years after the album's release, he would die from a prescription drug overdose at the age of 43. This album also has two credited executive producers, Julian Hall, whose only other credits include a couple of Motorhead compilations, and Simon Cowell. Um, I don't want to be rude, but you could be the worst singer in New York. Yes, that Simon Cowell. Just over a decade before becoming a judge on American Idol, Simon Cowell was an executive producer on WrestleMania, the album. The album never charted in the U.S., but it did hit number 10 in the U.K. Strangely, RCA would reissue the album in the United States in 1999. The album is not currently streaming anywhere, with the exception of YouTube. Despite the lack of success in the U.S., the WWF, now the WWE, didn't give up on albums. In 2000, they released an album of wrestlers' entrance music re-recorded by various hip-hop artists called WWF Aggression. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Thaxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, 
please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. <laughs>